Hey guys, um, I want to mention uh, just briefly, I, I want to uh, encourage you once again to try and make plans to be with us Sunday morning. We've got a little something that's up our sleeve, and uh, it's not a big thing. It's not an earth-shattering thing, but it is a, it is a new little thing. And um, something that I'd, I'd love for you to be on the ground floor on. And um, uh, the reason that we timed it for the 18th of May is because, of course, the next Sunday, you'll all be on vacation. Um, uh, Memorial Day hits the next day, and you're all gone. So if we were going we to say anything to you, we needed to say it on the 18th and not wait for the 25th because it would be me and Susie and Jimmy and Tammy. And um, that, that's about it. But... Um, uh, there is something, I'm not, I'm not pulling your leg, there is something rather um, thrustful that, um, that I, I hope that you can be a part of on Sunday morning and not hear it on some kind of podcast. Um, so, if you can, uh, if, you can if your schedule uh, is bendable, bend it so that it can be, you can be with us on Sunday. Guys, in these uh, these four weeks, well, the, the two weeks we spent on that little testimony project in these last four, what I'm what I'm seeking to do, I, I really uh, kill three or four birds with one stone. What what I'm trying to do is give you a um, uh, a simple little presentation or, or outline of the gospel that perhaps you could use, that you could memorize. That that's what we were required. Not, we were asked to do uh, back when we first became Christians is memorize an outline which allowed us to then uh, share the gospel uh, as often as we, I mean, we, we, all of that anxiety of saying the wrong things was eliminated because we had something that something down. And so uh, that's one of the, the goals, um, is to give you some kind of presentation that should you desire, it'll be there in front of you and you can uh, memorize it along with a few verses and, and then you'll be, off, you'll be off and running. The other thing that I'm trying to do is fill the gospel with content for you, and that is, you remember in Galatians chapter 1, Paul was so uh, exercised over the fact that the gospel was being modified, it was being tampered with. Um, And uh, verse 6 in Galatians 1, he talks about this different gospel that, I mean, just really uh, drove him into apoplexy. Um, where he, where he said, you know, if you if you tamper with this gospel, uh, if, if if you hear of another one, uh, if somebody's given you another one, then and then I mean, this is somewhat the vernacular, but it is let them go to hell. That's in verses eight and nine of Galatians one. You can you can check it out yourself. So Paul was exercised to uh, make sure that the gospel that we that we heard is um, is the right one, and that's that's kind of my part of my motivation is make sure that that we fill the con- we fill the gospel with the right content. Um, so last week we we kind of opened with this thing that um, that evangelism explosion starts with, and that is talking about heaven being a free gift. And and um, I recall, as I recall, we um, uh, that that made such an impression on me and Susie because we had never heard that. We had have never heard that heaven was free. And, it, and it's, it's like once you've heard that, then you, uh-oh, well, I better listen up to the rest of this because, my gosh, I didn't know that heaven was a gift. I've never heard that before. All I heard was that other. And, and, and to hear that heaven is a free gift and can't be earned or deserved was something quite enticing um, to listen to more. Tonight we get really somewhat into the, to the, uh, to the heart of the gospel message because the second point that's in this, this outline uh, has to do with man. 
and what the Bible has to say about man. And I, and I must inform you, may I be the first to inform you, it's not real flattering. The, the Bible does not say a whole lot of nice things about us. The culture does, but the, but the Bible doesn't. Um, in fact, uh, what this little outline uh, uh, suggests is that the first thing that man needs to be told is that he's a sinner. Um, now, guys, um, right away, right away, if you say something about um, man being a sinner, uh, you're, you're in a collision course with your culture. Your culture believes that man is essentially good. If you listen to the media and, and the way that they talk about, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's man essentially, it, it, your culture believes in the perfectibility of man and, the, and, and his nature. Your culture believes that man is evolving. He's becoming um, better and better <coughs> through, through more and more um, transmutations and, and better education. He's, he's getting better. You see it. Um, uh, he, he believes. A man, our culture believes that uh, enough diplomacy, enough good diplomacy, can solve all our human conflicts. And and you just watch that philosophy being played out, and what what misery, and what nonsense it produces. Why? Ultimately, it's because man or the culture does not believe that man is a sinner. What our culture calls sin. We call crime. Um, yeah, yeah. If if you murdered somebody, then you know you're you're sinful. Um, but uh, but at his core, man is essentially good. <clears throat> not according to this, ladies and gentlemen. Not according to the Bible, not according to the gospel message. The, the, the message of the gospel is that man is a sinner. It is his nature. It is at the core of his being. And because he is, he, uh, th- that, that nature erupts in behavior that is sinful. I'm not, I don't sin. I mean, I'm, I'm not a sinner because I sin. I sin because I'm a sinner. At the core of my being, I am a sinner. Um, And ladies and gentlemen, you understand that your culture doesn't buy that. Because if they bought that, that would mean there's some kind of standard that man has violated. And he doesn't believe in that. And if there's some kind of standard, there's got to be a standard giver. If there's a law, then there's got to be a law giver. Giver, and because he rejects both of those things, he ultimately comes to the conclusion that man is essentially good. And not only that, he's getting better because he's involving upward and upward and upward. The gospel message runs counter to that in, in, in the most passionate of ways. It looks at the culture and says, You're guilty. You're guilty of violating standards set by a holy God. You know that the the, uh, the text that we are we were assigned. The first one is um, is is the one that I think you you already know about. It's you know it's in um, Romans chapter three. It's um, one that 
that, that a lot of people know and, and use um, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, short of the glory of God, for all of sin. Um, but over earlier in Romans three, um, Paul says, "There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside." Why have they turned aside, ladies and gentlemen? Why are they not seeking God? Why is there none who are good? Because they're born into this world, ladies and gentlemen, with a nature that loves sin. Um, if sin weren't attractive, ladies and gentlemen, we wouldn't, we wouldn't commit it. <laughs> but it is attractive. It's... Um, it's fool's gold. It entices us. Um, but the one thing that the gospel insists on, ladies and gentlemen, before it ever tells you anything that's really part of the good news, is that it insists that you understand that man is a sinner. Now, guys, that's a, um, that's a concept that is, um, <laughs> oh, I guess, open for discussion. I, I, you know, I, it's unfortunate, but... I guess it is. Um, when we, when the gospel, when the Bible says that man is a sinner, what, what does it mean by sin? What is, what has man done, huh? Well, um, interestingly, the uh, the uh, the word that's found in Romans three twenty three is um, it's um, um hamartia. It's an archery term. You've heard that before, surely. Um, sin, the, the word that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that's, a, that's the word hamartia. It's an it's a archery term. It's a, it's a term that describes man's performance as, you know, uh, you know, an arrow being shot, and here's the bullseye over here, and it whoop. Uh, you know, you're supposed to get over there, and it whoop. You've sinned. There's a standard, and you've fallen short of that. Um, the Westminster Confession and the Shorter Catechism, um, I, I'm going to read this because I don't want to mess it up, but uh, define sin in this way. Sin is any want of conformity unto. I love that. Sin is any want of conformity unto. Or transgression of the law of God. Sin is either a want, that is a lack, of conformity unto the law of God. Or it's an overt transgression of that law of God. Sin is any want of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. Here's the standard and you were wanting. You were lacking. This is what God expected and you didn't make it. That's what we mean. There's a standard that has not only been violated and transgressed. It has not been achieved. That's what we are, ladies and gentlemen.
we are guilty of wants of conformity unto. Not only that, not only did we not do enough, we transgressed it. We saw what that law was and we said, and we stepped over the boundary in abject rebellion. Now, that, that's one way to approach it, guys, but let me, let me show you another way. In terms of saying that man is a sinner, the New Testament gives you five succinct definitions of sin. It gives them to you. So if you want to know what sin is, let me back up. Guys, do you, remember, do you remember the rich young ruler? Do you remember that parable when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, in fact, I mentioned it Sunday, uh, good, uh, good teacher, what shall I do to be saved? And uh, Jesus says, whoa, 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 who do you, why do you call me good? There's no, and, then, and then Jesus says, you heard what the law says. Do not uh, commit murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not get, you know, do this. You know, and there's like four things that Jesus mentions, maybe, maybe more. And do you remember what the rich young ruler said? He said exactly what your culture would say. Well, <laughs> if that's what it is, I've done all that. <laughs> I'm fine. And then you know what Jesus did? Oh, it was genius, ladies and gentlemen. It was genius. He says, oh, well, I'm very impressed with your behavior. But here's what we would like for you to do now. We'd like for you to go sell everything that you've got and come and follow me. Because, you see, that man understood sin to be something very superficial, very external, very um, or the standards were very kept by him that's what your culture thinks it, it, it thinks that man is essentially at his essence he is good ladies and gentlemen nothing could be more antithetical to the truth of the scripture than that simple posture that man is good Romans 3 said there is none good. Now, which one of those you want? Your culture says good. Your Bible says it's not good. Which one you want? Because I'm telling you, they're on a collision course, ladies and gentlemen. And they do not like you for pointing out their sin. Oh, they know to take the, ne- uh, the, the neighbor's wife in adultery. That, that's not good. <laughs> no, he's an adulterer. But they'll never, they'll never say to look after a woman, woman to lust after her is adultery already in my heart. They would never like that. Oh, no, 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 no. It's always external. It's always superficial. And pretty much I've kept it. Because I've never had an affair, you know. Well, you know, maybe every man in this room could say that. Every man in this room could say, oh, well, the seventh commandment about, I've never done that. Oh, really? It's because you don't understand sin. Because sin is not simply um, something external. Oh, no, no, no. And, and remember, that's what Paul found in Romans 7. You remember that? Romans 7, 7, he says, if the law had not said, thou shalt not covet, I would not have known I was a sinner. No, he didn't say it like, I would have not known sin. Do you get that? I mean, that's, that's, that's philosophical, religious genius on the part of the Apostle Paul. If the law had not said, thou shalt not covet, I'd have never known sin. But it did say it. 
Do you, do you understand what Paul's? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, just like a Pharisee, Paul is reasoning. Okay, uh, so uh, the, the, the Bible says uh, you, you don't uh, steal. Well, what do you steal with? You steal with your hands, and I've never stolen anything with my hands, so my hands are clean. Uh, uh, well, um, you don't murder. What do you murder with? Well, you murder with some weapon, and I'm not, I don't even own any weapons, and I've never murdered anybody. Well, I'm doing pretty good there. <laughs> okay, what else does that thing say? What does that What does that law thing say? Well, it says thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, what do you commit adultery with? Well, I, you know, I haven't done anything with you know that either. You know, <laughs> not me, not me, no sir. And then he comes. He came, comes to number ten, and number ten says, "Thou shalt not covet." And Paul says, "Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, let me think here. What do you covet with?" You mean to tell me that not only does God demand rights over my bodily members, but he demands rights on the inside as well? Yeah. That's what he's saying. And then Paul said, oh my. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was... Just like the, by the way, do you know that there are some commentarians who suggest that the rich young ruler, you know that story, was the Apostle Paul. That that was Paul who later on, um, but Paul's telling you what, how he, how did he get to the gospel? The first thing he got to was the 10th commandment. The 10th commandment took him there. The Tenth Commandment took him to the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. Do you get that? That's the role of the law, ladies and gentlemen. The Tenth Commandment took Paul to a mirror and said, Paul, you don't do it with these. You don't do it with that. You don't do it with these. You don't do it with those. Okay, what do you do? Mm, On the inside. Ah, I see. Your culture answers just like the rich young ruler. And says, well, if I hadn't done that, and I hadn't done that, and I, I'm, we're essentially good. And so then we, do, we have all of these designs as to how to fix people's problems that are completely askew. Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you an example. This is one of my, all, all, my all-time favorites. You know, the, the public education uh, of America today, we've had a whole lot of terrible things happen. You know, Columbine, starting with Columbine, and then on and on and on and on and on it goes. Um, you know what our solution was? Metal detectors. That'll do it. Anybody read of any weapons getting on school campuses since Columbine? Mm, Pretty much daily. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that won't fix it all. Because why? Because man is a... Sinner. Um, If somebody would start legislating with that one principle in mind, it would it would it would alter this country. It would alter the world, actually. But nobody believes that because that means there's a there's a there's a God, there's a law, there's a lawgiver, and we're all answerable to him, and I want nothing to do with that, and so man's essentially good. 
and you were raised in that culture being told you were good when the Bible says there's none good. So who do you trust? Your eighth grade biology teacher? Or that book? I go for the book. You can have your eighth grade book. But I, I mean, I'm... Ooh. Um, let me show you these five succinct definitions. And the first two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the hardest two. The last three you kind of know. It's not that you know the text, but you know the concepts. You know the ideas that are behind them. But the first two might surprise you in terms of defining sin. The first one, Romans 14, 23. You, you might want to take a look at this because this is just... Um, I mean, oh, wait a minute. My, my, my sin problem just got bigger. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, Romans 14, 23 states, uh, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. Here it is. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight words. For that, for whatever is not from faith is sin. So I'm on my vacation and I'm down in Destin, Florida and I'm reading a smutty little novel and, you know, and I come to the, the what is that, Foku woman uh, and, you know, I come to page 337 uh, uh, and, uh, and I start reading that trash and I think, ooh, I wonder if I should be reading this. Oh. You know what that is, ladies and gentlemen? That's sin. That's sin. Because if you cannot read it in faith, you just sinned. Whatever I cannot do in faith is called sin. Um, I just flipped on my television and I just watched this. Mm, okay. Oh, look at Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cute. And I'm, I'm sitting. I wonder if I should be watching this. Mm, you know what that is? That's sin. You go to the movie, and you see this and that and the other, and you think, I'm not sure I should be here. By the way, that's going to vary from person to person. One of my heroes, one of my heroes, you know he's a good friend of mine, R.C. Sproul. He makes fun of me over my views of movies. Because he goes into movies, and, and I'm telling you, I believe him. I believe, he go, and he doesn't, he doesn't struggle like I do. I mean, he's not as wicked as I am. Um, but, I mean, I don't want to go in there and see nudity. I, I mean, I do pretty good with everything else. But the nudity? Uh-uh. Um, but, so it's going to vary from person to person. Maybe you can just handle that really well. Well, I can't. And if I'm sitting there and it's... Or... That's sin. That's what Romans 14, 23 means. How about this one? This is one that I, I think you know. I, I mean, I, I know you've, you've heard about this before, but it's, it, it, it's, it's rather searching. 1 Corinthians 8, 8 12. You want, you want to take a look at that? Um, um, <laughs> 1 Corinthians... Oh, you didn't know this was going to... Okay, Paul says, But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their conscience, you sin against Christ. 
Hmm. So, not only am I worried about my own choices of sin, but if I lead you to the place where you sin as a result of watching me, what does that say? That I sinned. Ladies, you know the number one application of that, don't you? You do. You come in here with, um, um, or you go there, or <laughs> drive eight hours there, or, and you're there, and you are not nicely clothed, and and I walk by and. I just sinned. But you know what? You did too. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty invasive, isn't it? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is. The culture will never tell you that. The culture says you're essentially good. And I've just, I've just pointed out two definitions of sin. I got three more. But the other three, the other three, I think you, I mean, I think you know them pretty well. Um, two of them are in First John, First John three, four. Um, I think that's the one that says all anything that's um, all lawlessness is sin. <clears throat> Hold on, it's in here somewhere. Where did you go? Here it is. Um, Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. I mean, guys, that's only four words. Actually, make it three. Sin is lawlessness. Any want of conformity to or transgression thereof, the law of God, it's sin. Um. Same, same book, um, chapter 5, verse 17. All unrighteousness is sin. Those are simple definitions, guys. I, I got one more, but I think you already know about this and you could probably anticipate what I'm saying. Um, but it's in James chapter 4, verse 17. I'll put it up. James four seventeen. 17. Um, and it's that, that statement about if I know what is right to do and I do not do it, it is sin. Sins of omission versus commission. You know that. Um, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not only uh, transgression of the law. It is want of conformity to the law. If I know it's right to do and I do not do it, for me it is sin. Guys, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to assault your conscience. What I'm simply trying to do is give you a biblical definition of what we mean when we say man is a sinner. This is what we mean. He is at the core of his being in rebellion before a God who is sin-hating. Now, um... 
if if this is if all of this is the case, um, let, let, let me let me let me use this real quick. This is one of the illustrations that we were taught in this program to present the gospel. And I just think it's such a good little illustration. Uh, imagine, and I, you've heard me do this before, but it's just it's just so illustrative. I think. Imagine that I were to sin three times today, only three times. Ladies and gentlemen, I sinned three times on the way to work this afternoon. You know, but uh, let's just say I got I, only three times that I sinned today. Three times. That would be a real good day for me. Real good day. I mean, stellar day. Three times a day is roughly a thousand a year. And I'm 66 years old. Do the math. 60. Wait, wait, wait a second. This is for all of you who graduated from Ole Miss. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That would be 66,000. That's only if I committed three a day. Okay. If that's what we got, There's got to be another way. And you know what the gospel says? There is. But ladies and gentlemen, the gospel is not good news until you understand that's you! Once man knows he's a sinner... And by the way, you do understand this, don't you? And we'll get to it in the, later on in the book of Galatians. That's what the law is supposed to do. I mean, the Ten Commandments. It was never given. It was never intended to save anyone. Not Israel, not Moses, not David, not Isaiah. Nobody was ever intended to be saved by keeping the law. The law was simply given as a tutor. It, it, just as it functioned in the life of Paul, it's to function in our lives. The, the laws to show us, oh my gosh, this is what I am. If so, then there's got to be another remedy. The law is designed, ladies and gentlemen, to convince me of that. That's what the law is designed to do. And to make me wonder, okay, that's certainly, my performance is is certainly not going to get me into heaven. There's got to be something else. And there is. And of course you know, it's the person and work of Jesus Christ and all of his substitutionary saving work for good people. No. For sinners. You know, guys, um, the gospel is not good news to anyone who doesn't understand the bad news. And the bad news is, is that a man is a sinner and he can't save himself, but he sure is trying. He sure is trying to devise a way to pull it off. And, I, and, and, and one of the ways he can do that is just keep evolving higher. 
and the devil snickers. Gang, the gospel speaks of a savior. From what? From sin. Um, the gospel is a remedy for what? For sin. The gospel is good news to every man and woman who knows that they are a sinner. And because he's a sinner, he cannot save himself. Right in the outline. He cannot save himself. And he is thrust upon a savior who can save him and save him to the uttermost. Skip this point and we have nothing to say. Let's quit. Our Father, I, I do pray that you remind us of just how formidable um, our fallen hearts are and have been remedied only because we have a great Savior. That it is that Savior who has died in the place of wicked people like me. That even, even my best moments are splendid sins. And so, Father, um, would, you, would, you, would you open our eyes to once again see the provision that you have made for sinners in Christ Jesus? There could be nothing better than the gospel message that simply says, in Christ, we are safe. Safe from the consequences of our sin in the past, in the present, and even those in the future. Because Jesus Christ is an all-sufficient Savior. For him, we worship. We worship a God who found a way to save people as wicked as I am. We pray, of course, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you and good night and hope to see you Sunday morning uh, for a new little um, twist. <laughs>